You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I had a true epiphany the other day. I look at childhood hardships like through a completely different lens. So I was having a conversation with my son, and I just feel like at this point, as he's nearing the end of his teenage years and he's pretty much welcomed himself to um, early adulthood, I feel like it's very important that I teach him characteristics that will carry um, and support him throughout his life. So I'm teaching him things on initiative and um, how to just walk in excellence when nobody is looking. Like the things that would really, you know, as he gets older, that it will gravitate all things awesome and have people looking at him like, man, this is an exceptional young man, right? I don't feel like we kind of fumble and then, oh, <laughs> we arrive to excellence or great character. I feel like you have one or two options. You either had it modeled out for you, aka role model, or you were taught it in such a way that someone saw that you were lacking in that area and was like, okay, let me go ahead and start ABCDing you through this. You know, some kids can just learn a different language just by hearing someone speak it. Others is like, no, you're going to have to put me in a classroom and I'm going to have to go through it. So I was just looking at some deficits that he had. And I feel like being a great parent, your job as a, um, because I feel like, again, childhood is just a classroom of life. But your job as a parent is to do a scan of your children and see a what are they missing that they absolutely are going to need when they get to the real world and b have i prepared them for adulthood and so what i was seeing in him but i was like man if you really hone down on this thing on you know initiative and just being about your business yes i know that your brain is not fully developed i'm really trying to make sure that i keep that on the forefront of my mind so that i'm not expecting something of you that you're like uh ma'am seriously brain is at 75 percent loading i don't know what you're expecting from me so i do try to add all the other elements that are the given factors at this time but i feel like once you're made aware of a lack or aware of something you need to go ahead and do it and so I was having that conversation with him and he so candidly said to me can you show me how and I was I was kind of taken back I was like show you how to what and he was like like you know that thing that you said that nobody has to tell you to go get it you know how to just ah, and go get it and you know nobody has to tell you to do stuff that you don't like to do you just have this switch in you that you go oh all right let me go and do it now he was like can you show me how to do that and so I was fumbling, like, I'm going to be honest with you, trying to get him to understand. I'm like, well, it's kind of like what you did with basketball. You know, last season or a season or two ago, you were like, man, I'm not dunking the way that I want to. I need to work on. And you saw your lack, which was you weren't dunking with ease like you wanted to. Either the rim were too high or the, whatever it was, your jumps, what have you. And so you went back to the lab and said, okay, what do I need to do to achieve this particular goal? So you started going to the weight room. I saw you in the driveway just like, ah, ah, you know, you, you know, uh, doing your whole dribble and you doing squats and you doing stuff for calf muscles. And by the, a very short time frame, you were able to dunk with ease. 
But honestly, outside of that example of the basketball rim dunking thing, I didn't know how to tell him how to get that pick up and go. And so my husband was then. I looked at my husband. I said, honestly, I learned what I learned through hardships. And I looked at my husband. I was like, how did you learn how to, do you know how to explain it? He looked at me like, "Mm -mm. I don't know. You just, I was like, so do you have it or does the environment force you to get it? He was like, yeah, sometimes it's both, but more so is the latter. And for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, my hardships created a characteristic in me that can't be taught. Like my mother wasn't around saying, um, you need to do your homework, even though I'm not home because I'm working two, three jobs. I knew my homework needed to get done or I was going to have the answer to El Beto Loco. And I didn't want to get that spanking. That whooping was not a part of my, um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going to do me any good. So I was like, we're not doing that. No one had to tell me, um, hey, you need to go ahead and, you know, make sure that you're getting to work on time. Um, even though you're in college and you're dog tired, but you need to make sure that you are, you know, giving your best at your job because this pays for your school. No one told me get to get to college on time. Ma'am, I was paying for those classes cash. I will be here before the professor. Have a nice day. And so I was looking at certain things and I'm like, ooh. And I was recalling certain circumstances that happened to me. I told him, I said, you know, my mother and I had a really clashy relationship. And I remember either one way or another, I do, you know, I don't want to talk about nobody's grandbaby, but, um, she wouldn't let me get my college books and it was midterm season. She had, you know, kicked me out the house, whatever the case may be. And so I remember going back to the house and I'm like, can I get my books? And her answer was no. And so, you know, to anyone else that just would have been like, ah, well, you know, I tried. She didn't let me know. I went back to the library when I see she wasn't letting me in the house, went back to the library. I asked other people, can I borrow their book when they're done reading? Like I did what I had to do. Like, it manifested this go-getter in me that literally I can't enroll you in a class and teach you this. I could try, but this was um, literally hands-on experience. You see what I'm saying? And so when I was looking at my son, I was like, oh, my goodness. I created a lifestyle that every parent wants. You want them to have a better lifestyle than you. But I took away the experiences that's going to really teach you what needs to be taught. And I was making a joke of it, but now it's starting to really get my attention. He doesn't know the ravioli, beefaroni. You know how we used to, listen, that was a classic gourmet in the summertime for my brother and I. <laughs> listen, let me get some Chef Boyard. You see what I, ramen noodle? What flavor? You want chicken, you want beef, you want shrimp, like you want the Oriental? How you want it? Listen. We had some classics. He literally, <laughs> I caught myself being frugal fanny one night, and I made turkey dogs for dinner, and the way that he looked at me like, uh, that's dinner? I was like, yeah, how many you want? He was like, now on the one hand, he knew don't say nothing extra 
Don't say anything that's going to even look like disrespect because you know your mother and your mother going to be all over that honey. So I just need you to go ahead and do straightforward march. I need you to just have posture that you're thankful. And I need you to sit it down because you don't want me to do the old school. You know, there's children in said place starving. And, you know, people would be, you know how many people would kill to be in this situation? You want mustard to catch up on it, sir, like how you want to do it. So he already knew, let me save myself this extended lecture. Let me sit at this dining room table with some gratitude and one of these pupils so I don't have to hear this lady's mouth. So I looked at him and I said, because I could see the way he was eating. I was like, why are you not eating the whole, like, the turkey dog? Like, what you doing? He was like, I don't eat the ends. It just tastes weird. I'm like, bro, your bougetto is out of control. That's bougie plus ghetto. Yeah, I try to mix it together. Yeah, your bougetto, I don't know what's going on. So he was like, what? I know what a struggle is. I said, oh, you do? Explain it to me. He was like, man, when I went to go visit family, when I went to New York, I was drinking tap water for like two weeks because they didn't buy no bottled water. I, listen, I can't make this up if I wanted to. The boy was proud that he got his ghetto stripes, his struggle meal, <laughs> his struggle experience because that baby had to drink somebody's tap water. He was like, and it tastes weird, but I, I stuck through it, and he was proud. So, you know, as a mother, I'm trying not to take this experience away from him. Like, what are you, are you serious? Sir, you could have balled it, put it on the side. Like, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? If that gave him his stripes, I'm not going to break that man's character. You understand? Like, I'm not even going, go ahead and get your stripes, sir. Go ahead and do it. My husband and I just looked at each other, did a little quick chuckle. He was like, what? But he was so serious. Oh, like he was, what y'all laughing about? Because, no, I, I was going through it. <laughs> but seriously, when he came back from visiting the family, his face broke out. I was like, what happened? He was like, it was a struggle. Listen, you and your high sedity, we're not even going, I can't. But I was just putting all that together. And I remember being a child and my mother walking around and my stepdad walking around saying, you know, y'all kids don't know how good you got it and y'all have it easy. And I'm looking at them like, this is easy because we eat fried chicken and salad every day. And I'm asking you for sneakers, you know, at least every three weeks. And when I hear I don't got it, I don't got. It. So what was the easy part? So then I guess they decided, <laughs> let me show you my ghetto scars real quick. And so they was like, well, I used to go to bed hungry. And, you know, my stepdad was like, we had to eat two pairs. And, you know, giving me their, when I was your age, you know how, giving me their stories. I was just like, mm, I'm surprised y'all didn't run away because that sounds like abuse. You know, I'm not going to judge, you know, don't want to judge nobody's grandbaby. But it sounds like you were being abused. Toothpaste is not the gourmet situation I'm looking for. There's not even no nutrients in that. Like, how much fluoride was y'all, like, what was the intake on that? But I digress. I'm not even going to get there. But it's amazing to me that sometimes, you know, we make situations easier for people and then we get upset that you haven't had my experience I was listening to this motivational speaker called um Eric Thomas his nickname is E.T. the hip-hop preacher and you know his um one of his, part of his testimony is when he was 16 he ran away from home he was sleeping in abandoned buildings he was eating out of garbage cans like it was it was real for him he was thinking it just was like oh yeah that's not gonna work and so he has this 
momentum and this character. And like, if you ever heard any of his speeches, he has like this. I mean, it almost sounds like militant. Like when you hear him speak, you like, listen, let me put on a pair of sneakers and start running. Where you going? I don't know. I just got to start running because the way that he's giving me this, I feel like I need to be doing something after he spoke. And he brought up the fact that he was going through it with his son, too. Where he was like, these grades is not what it needs to be. And, you know, he was going at him. And he said that his son had to say respectfully, dad, no disrespect. But I wasn't in the abandoned buildings. I didn't grow up eating out of trash cans. And so what E.T. was saying, the motivational speaker was, you know, he kept saying he don't got that dog. Like he ain't hungry inside. And he was, it was irritating him. And so he said once his son revealed, like, dad, Loki, I, I wasn't. I wasn't raised like you. I didn't go through those particular hardships. He said that he took a step back and was like, wow, I created a better life for him, but I took away that dog. And so that just literally just opened up a whole can of like, I went so many different places with that. Are we holding people responsible or feeling negative, you know, um, feelings towards someone because they didn't have our experience? We just expect them to know, whether it's parent to child, whether it's supervisor to worker, you know, what is it that you may either be the person projecting those feelings or the person receiving those projected feelings that you just have to come to a common ground of saying, hey, said person, I'm sorry, I have to learn it, I do it, I have to learn it through a different way. I'm going to have to get my, my knowledge through a different experience, but your experiences doesn't equate to my knowledge unless you teach me. And maybe that's because that's probably another reason why people aren't so helpful, right? You go ask somebody a question like, how did you get to A, B, and C? And can you tell me your secrets? And can you do it? And people are so quick to refer you back to go learn it the hard way because a lot of people feel like, I had to get this blood, sweat, and tears. I'm not about to hand it to you on the platter. And that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing. You know, I, I always bring up Harriet Tubman because she's just an amazing example to me. She already experienced freedom. What if she would have had that mindset of, I got free, y'all figure it out. It's a zillion billion of y'all. Y'all figure it out if you want to be free. No, she got her freedom, came back to those who were still enslaved, and then showed them how to be free. And maybe that's what's missing. Maybe we arrive and we feel like, okay, so the only people we want in our circle or around us in any capacity are the people that have arrived as well. We never want to go back down the ladder and pull somebody back up with us. Why is that? And yeah, you can't take everybody with you. And I get that. Everybody's not trying to, you know, pursue it and go hard. There are some people who will ride your coattail. I get that. But we are a society for whatever the reason that we look at people who lack the experiences we have and look like, ah, and you just start judging. Really? Are you going to judge such and such because she had a baby out of wet life? But, like, look at your grandparents and you, by the way, because you have a history. We, we probably can't pull it up because there was no um, internet when you were younger. But I can look at your lifestyle. I can look at the fact that auntie and uncle, they got two different last names. Like, we can pull up some stuff, too. But we are so quick to turn our nose up, right, with someone who just, oh. But what people are not understanding is, and what made me look at it different now is, Hardships truly produce 
strong character. And I went back to even going to the Bible because, you know, I like to go ahead and reflect. And I'm like, I need to make this thing like where it's not just head knowledge, but it's actually being pulled from somewhere else. So I went to Romans 5. And, you know, I like to read in the NLT version. Um, Romans 5, and I'm going to start at verse 3. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Four, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation now that's a word for someone who's currently going through something now listen to me get close to the phone get close if you are in a situation right now that you are like i am so uncomfortable i cannot wait for this particular trial season hardship to be over i don't even know how much more i can take at this point i'm ready to throw in every towel i'm ready to steal towels to throw them in because i'm done that's how done i am stick a fork in me is serving time like yeah at this point no thank you i want you to understand that that particular hardship is a weight and you are supposed to bench press this weight and when you come out from underneath bench pressing this weight, you will come out with muscles protruding that nobody else could have taught you. For whatever the reason, God looked at your life and said, I have to give you a hands-on experience so that when you get to a certain place in your life, you won't be lacking in knowledge on how to do something. You won't be inadequate because he provided the proper weights in your life, not to crush you, but for you to crush it and get those muscles that you were needing. You need those muscles, sweetheart. You need those muscles, sir. I am telling you. There are things that I can honestly raise my hand and say, did I like everything that happened in my childhood? No. In those moments, was I trying to change them and pray them away and everything else? Absolutely. But on the other side of it now, on the I'm past it now and, you know, looking at hindsight and referring back, oh, it made me special. You know, you always hear about hardships and, you know, God gives his biggest battles to his biggest soldiers. No, I look at it like this. The bigger the hardship, the bigger the muscle. The bigger the muscle. A bodybuilder can't talk to someone who's not in shape and say, um, muscles appear. No, 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 no. Everybody got to get it the way that you got to go get it. You just, you just have to. And sometimes, if we're honest, we don't necessarily run toward uncomfortable situations, right? It's not like, ooh, that looks like it's going to be difficult. Me, me, me. Like, we're not signing up for that, right? So oftentimes, what does God have to do? He has to be a good parent and go ahead and put those things and allow them in our lives so that we can become stronger in an area. It was never meant to crush you. It was never meant to crush you. I need you to get that down in your soul, so many different times we feel like the devil is busy and every time I look around there's something and we get to the emotions of it. But I need you to get to the, the, the character of it. It is strengthening you. you. You cannot get endurance any other way. It cannot be spoken to you because then you'll be relying on people. No, no, no. Build the muscle. Bench press it. I, all right. Two, three. I need you to get it. You see what I'm saying? Like you may not like it, and we try to stray away from the very thing that adds to us. It's like life medicine. You don't have to like it, but it does make you better. Nobody said, yummy, let me taste Buckley's. I don't even know if Buckley's is still out, but literally, 
the one and only time that I took it those years ago, I had to be about 17. That was the most disgusting. It has to be illegal in at least four different countries. Disgusting. It tastes reminiscent of melted Vicks vapor rub. Oh, my friend, I was at my friend's house. I had a cough. Her mother was in the nursing field. She was like, who's coughing? And they was like, <laughs> and they ratted me out. And she was like, come here for a minute. You ever had this? And I knew by the way she was shaking that bottle. I said, bruh, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> I already, yeah, it's looking like, oh, do I tell the truth? Because I'm not supposed to be telling stories, especially to no adults. So she was like, you ever saw this? I was like, no. She was like, this is Buckley's. And I should have, it should have been at that moment that I knew it was time to go home. And I was like, oh, okay. So she started asking me preliminary questions, how long you had that cough, whatever. And as she opened up the top, I was like, oh, the smell, that that's drinkable? No, I'm sorry. That should be a histamine. I can't do it, ma'am. Um, But nevertheless, I did drink it. I also never wanted to go back to her home, but that baby was better. Hmm. Yep, yes, she was, and but um, never, no, never. <laughs> well, I, I don't even think I ever saw it in a store. I don't even know if she smuggled it in from somewhere. I don't want to, you know, gossip about nobody else's mother, but I'm just going ahead and tell you that thing was disgusting, but it made me better. And then even you, you can think about some things in your life where you like, that was, I would have never chose that. Like if I had a, a multiple choice and God was like, hey, I need to teach you more patience. Do you want to learn it through this, this, or this? You would have been like, mm, let me get B. You know, you would have chose the lesser, you know, kind of great, great. If God was like, hey, um, I'm trying to teach you impulse control. Yeah, um, I'm trying to work on your anger because where you're going, I can't allow for you to keep carrying that um, that luggage with you. And you just insist upon just bringing this to everywhere I, I take you, huh? And then you wind up looking around and you think it's something wrong with everybody else. No, baby, it's something wrong with you. And it's okay. The wounds that you had, yes, it does justify why you had the chip on your shoulder, but that was so many years ago. Like, if you was going to stay in that situation, you might as well just stayed in a diaper and had a diaper rash. Like, you know, if we're going to just be warped in a certain time frame and, or time zone, like, we might as well just stay all together, right? And so God is trying to, like, you know, hey, I'm trying to teach you some stuff. You know, some stuff I don't want to teach you like this, but you're not getting it. So I'm going to go ahead and just go, you know, go ahead and let you get this. Look at the other situations that you were in and how well... I mean, like, and think about it. Just be honest with yourself for a cool second. Think about something that you was like, whew, I did not want to learn that through that realm, that way, with that person, you know, whatever it is. And honestly, start exercising the muscle of pulling. What did it add to you? What did it add to you? And so there are going to be circumstances in your life. And this is what I want you to start challenging yourself. Start looking at circumstances through a completely different lens. And be clear that they are just currently in your life to sharpen your character. Have you been responding with a different temperament? You know, or are you determined, oh, no, I'm going to be better from this? Because my thing has always been this. My way of getting out of uncomfortable situations in my life and this has always been my goal too 
I have always told myself, this will never happen again. This will never happen again. I don't need to keep getting burnt to understand, ma'am, the stove is hot. And as long as it's in my power, you know, if, if it, there was a decision made on my end that caused this particular discomfort, oh, trust me, she's not going to make it again. I became a very quick learner to everything uncomfortable. And I'm talking quick, New York Minute, if you will, because my thing was this. It's the equivalent to me of the teacher handing you um, a test and you seeing a disgusting grade and you're like, whoa, that just dropped my GPA, my average terribly. That should make you not look at the paper and go, man, this test was hard. Man, this teacher should be, and, and now we want to blame everyone and everything, but we never look back at what did I add to this equation to have this result. You know what? I tried to cram real quick. I didn't study at all, and I tried to cram real quick last night. Matter of fact, I tried to cram while the teacher was giving out the test. Just to see, okay, quick, let me just memorize a few formulas, and I should be good. So you know what? I will never have another test again where I receive a poor grade because I didn't put in the necessary time to study. I will never again experience this level of heartbreak because I was just so emphatic with, oh, look at the color of his eyes and oh, or something physically tangibly on him. And I never got a chance to learn him. I will never again have it where um, I pay a bill so late that it feels like I'm paying mortgage twice. And now I have to pay these connection fees and late fees and all this other stupid tax. I will never have it again that I would get so close to a friend before I really try to discern what is your role in my life. I don't want to hold on to seasonal people like they're permanent, and I don't want to treat permanent people like they're seasonal. Like, you have to really, this all comes from experience. <laughs> this has all come from, whoa, that was uncomfortable. And immediately, once I identify that something was uncomfortable, the very next thing that I do is, okay, this will never happen again. And I say that statement first so that I don't blame nobody else. We blame is always going to be available. It's like it's air. It's always going to be there, right? If you wanted to blame somebody right now, you could just, ah, I just want to blame the president for, and you can blame whatever you want. But it takes a different type of thinking capacity to say, okay, this will never happen again. That immediately makes you zoom out from the situation and say, what could I do different? And not blame game, like how could I do this? No, no, no. What could you do different? Oh, you know what? When you decided to date such and such, you was in a very, very dark emotional place. So note to self, when in an emotional dark place, I will not add new people to my life. Not in a permanent way. Yes, I will go out. I will socialize. I will, hey girl, we can do all that. But bringing someone else close to my heart while I'm so low um, is an equation that does not yield me the results that I desire. Oh, okay, I tried to go ahead and quit a job and then jump ship to another job and doing all these different things. And I'm not doing my homework and identifying, ma'am, this career path doesn't work for you. 
Yeah, this fast paced, this retail, this whatever it is, it doesn't work for you. I don't care how many times you jump ship from one place to another, you're not realizing the reason why these jobs aren't working for you is because maybe you need to be an entrepreneur, maybe because you need to change your career field. Don't just stay because, oh, I made a lot of friends here and but this is all the experience that I had. Like we you know, you need to go ahead and look back like, hmm. Another pink slip, huh? <laughs> okay, listen, this will never happen again. That statement makes you take a whole different spin on responsibility. Because you are not responsible for all the other variables that you cannot control, but you are responsible for what you added to get that particular result. And so when you have that stance, and I want you to remember that, when you add that statement of this will never happen again, not only does it make you look at, okay, let me look at this equation. What did I do wrong? I put two plus three. How did I get six? Oh, because my two looks like a three. That will never happen again. It not only corrects you and changes how you look at something and how you approach something for the future, but it also reminds you that this is not a permanent situation. Just because you got a 50 on this test doesn't mean that you just get 50s forever. Just because you failed that particular or that relationship failed you doesn't mean that you're a bad picker. It just means that you're not going back to the lab and figuring out how do I keep getting in this web? How do I keep tripping over this same rock? What is the problem? And so just looking at the, the mere thing of, you know, looking at experiences and all that, I just wanted to just pick up the phone and just tell you, don't shy away from greatness, even if the experience is uncomfortable. And I myself didn't even put that together until I had that conversation with my son and he was like, can you teach me? And I was like, whoa, you know what? All those experiences made me a go-getter. Yeah, nobody don't have to tell me nothing. It's already done. Now, my husband has the amazing job of trying to get me to slow down, which I'm adhering to because, you know, I'm submitting and, you know, the whole God thing. And I understand what season I'm in. But my lifestyle was, you don't got to tell me nothing. It's done before you said it. You see what I'm saying? And what if I would have cheated my way not having that experiences I would have fast forward had a son years later entering his adulthood and he don't have it either at least I'm able to give him a message through my scars without him having to get his own set of scars I always said the two types of learners the one that has to get the scar themselves and be able to tell the story or the one that's able to learn the story from somebody else's scar you see where I went with that don't shy away from those experiences. And that's going to be your challenge from now on. The takeaway from this conversation is I do not want you to shy away from anything that's going to add to you. I don't care if you don't like it or not. I don't care if it's a Buckley's to your soul. You are going to run forward the way that David did to Goliath. And you are going to be confident and you are going to conquer. And that's how that's going to get done. And the statement that I want you to take away from this conversation is this will never happen again. Because hardships especially the difficult ones, hardships build outstanding characteristics. All right. I feel like you got what you needed.
I don't know what I would do without my son because he, he gives me all kind of conversation ideas. I'm like, ooh, let me pick up the phone. You know, don't tell him we be talking about him because he's not going to like it. But, you know, it's between it's a judgment-free conversation, and I appreciate that. But you know what these conversations are about? They're life-provoking conversations. You know, I want to have a good time when I'm speaking to you, but more than anything, my heart desire is that when you get off this phone, you have a new stance on how you're going to attack and conquer life. Life situation, life circumstances, because I never want anything else from this day forward to conquer you. So, as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Let me go ahead and hug my baby and tell him thank you for making me great. You go ahead. I'll call you back later, okay? All right. <laughs> later. <laughs>